0: Hey friends, welcome to the Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast. Podcast that's not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write one, which is not very frequently because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Hey friends, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Connie, and I'm so glad you're here. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking with you um, about some verses here in Exodus chapter 2. I do want to let you know that so far, my pregnancy is progressing um, pretty well. We've had a couple weekly ultrasounds, and we've made it a little bit past 35 weeks. I'm actually 35 weeks in one day at this point, and I am sick yet again. I was really um, not wanting to do an episode this week just from being super tired, but um, and just coughing and, you know, a cold, and it's just like when you have been locked down for a year and then you start getting out to be around people, your immune system has a hard time keeping up. So this is like the third or fourth cold I've had in two months' time, but... You know, it's all right. We'll get through it. I do hope this uh, episode is a blessing to you. And you'll have to pardon my voice. I know I sound like I have a bag on my head. So how many of you have ever felt like, uh, concerned maybe, that God didn't have a plan, that he didn't know what he was doing, and you're watching something in your life happen or unfold, and you're thinking to yourself, this is not going how it should be going and kind of like, come on, uh, God, let me let me uh, kind of help you out and tell you maybe what needs to be going on because you're missing it. I know that in my life there have been many times and I say many because I think it's interesting how many times the Lord will actually allow it to get to us, you know, stroke past midnight <laughs> before he intervenes or things really Um, getting to an impossible climax before, you know, his plans begin to unfold in a way where it makes some sense to me. The interesting thing is that God is always trustworthy, but circumstances make it a little bit hard sometimes for us to uh, to feel like we can trust. But the, the beautiful thing about trust and about faith is that it's not feelings-based. Everything is easier when our feelings come in line with what we're trying to accomplish, but they aren't necessary. And so we can trust trust And we can have faith in who Jesus Christ is and in what his word says that he will do for us and in us and through us because his word says it, not because we feel it or don't feel it. So it is a blessing and a gift from God that our feelings, although powerful, were not made or created to be dictators of truth. I want to say that again. Our feelings, although powerful, were not created to be dictators of truth. So that means we can feel very fearful and act in trust and faith. Or we can feel very discouraged yet hold on to hope. And so I want you to open your Bible. I'm going to be reading in my ESV Bible. and That's the English Standard Version. And I'm in Exodus chapter 2. And I'm going to look at uh, two verses here at the um, middle of the chapter. And then I'm going to jump down to the end. So I'm in Exodus 2. Verses 11 and 12, I'm going to read those verses out loud to you. One day when Moses has had grown up, he went out to his people and he looked upon their burdens and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. He looked this way and that and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and he hit him in the sand. Okay, so I want you to look at, in your, in your Bible, I want you to focus on key words here, the key words being that Moses, he went out, he saw, and he looked upon the affliction of his people. Okay, now I want you to jump down to the same chapter, verses 23 through 25. And this says, during those days, many of the kings of Egypt had died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery, and they cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from their slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. So, this is what's important to me out of this passage. What you see. In verses 11 and 12, you see that Moses did the exact same thing that God did down in verses 23 through 25. It says in verse 11, Moses, when Moses had grown up, he went out, and then it says he, he went out to his people, he looked on their burdens, and he saw. He looked this way, and he looked that way, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. If you go down to the verses 23 through 25, this is what God does. God looked, he went out to his people, he heard their groaning, he looked, he remembered, and he saw, and he acted. So what we see is we think, just as Moses thought, that we need to help God out. Because we see an immediate problem, we see something coming up in our life, and we feel like God isn't acting quick enough, or God isn't doing what he should be doing. We don't think God has a plan. We get bombarded by an emotional feeling. When Moses saw his uh, Hebrew brother being mistreated by the Egyptian, he had an emotional reaction. His feelings were telling him that he needed to do something. He knew at that point in his life, I believe, that he was called to be the savior of his people. I don't, he didn't know how that was going to look, but he knew that he was. And so he responded emotionally, feelings-based reaction to what was going on. He didn't wait and trust God to continue to give direction. He just went ahead and did something. And the, something that he did ended up putting him on the backside of the desert for 40 years. But this is key in our lives because what we see here is that God did have a plan. God always has a plan. He had a route He had the divine foresight to do the best thing. And that we need to remember that God is the boss. He's sovereign. He's in control of everything that goes on. And that his plans are best. We're called just like Moses was called, but we are called to follow God's direction and God's plan for our lives, not our own. And it's when we shoot off in our own direction in the name of Jesus, even. We can do it in the name of Jesus. Well, like Moses did. He knew that he was the deliverer of his people. But God had not given him the next step to take yet. He just had this raw uh, passion, this raw promise in his spirit. He hadn't been given the divine uh, next step to take. And so when an emotional situation came up, because that is emotional. It's emotional if you are very passionate about something and you walk out into, let's say, child abuse. You walk out and you are, you know that God has called you to be an advocate for children. And you walk out into the parking lot of the, your local grocery store and you see a child being yelled at and screamed at and cursed at. You have two choices in that moment. One, you can act emotionally because you have this raw passion. You have this raw idea that you know this calling that God has placed in your life but is that necessarily the best thing to do no not all not always it's like 99.99999% of the time not the best option to respond emotionally so my point is that when we shoot off in our own direction we mess it up we must live surrendered lives surrendered lives to God's Plan, to God's will, to God's ways, and to God's design and His timing. I want you to draw your eyes down to Exodus, the last verse, verse 25 there. And in my ESV, the last words of that verse say, God saw the people of Israel. And then there's a hyphen, and then it says, and God knew. There is so much wrapped up into those words. I chewed on that verse for a couple weeks in a row. I was so moved in my spirit with the reality of those simple words. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. You don't remember things which you know, aren't important to you. And, 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 the, and in the verse before that, we see, and we're reading, God heard the groaning, and then God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. So when you look at that word remember, you have this, this colliding of such a tender group of emotionally charged words here. These are not words of a, of a, that speak to a God that's cold and calloused and far away and distant and legalistic and um, lightning bolt and punishment. Yes, he's a God of justice. I'm not debating that. But we so depersonalize God. We, we don't make him the personal and intimate caring father that he is. And so when you look at this, God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob. First of all, you have to remember that the people are in slavery because they disobeyed. But yet God remembers his covenant. You don't remember something that's not important to you. Even though this was a sinful group of people, even though the children of Israel were always doing the wrong thing, God still remembered Who he created them to be, he still remembered, in spite of their sinfulness, in spite of their continual turning to idols, all throughout Scripture. God remembered over and over and over again in Scripture. There are different instances of God remembering his covenant, God remembering what he said. The children of Israel were important to God. Yes, they were a sinful, broken people, but they were important to God. And God remembered his promises to them. He remembered the covenant that was made because it was a big deal to him. Not as the level of intimacy and faithfulness that we have in our God. God saw the entirety of the journey as well as knowing it. And not only did God see, but he knew. To know is to grasp, to understand, to have an emotional as well as a practical way saw the people of Israel and God knew. Our view and our perspective is so limited, but God sees it all. Not only does he see everything that's going on, but he knows it. All we see is is things through our limited physical ability with maybe sometimes a tiny bit of spiritual insight. realize that God is trustworthy. That you can trust him regardless of what you're feeling. And that the best way to live is a life that is surrendered. That a life that when you feel like you can't take the next step, you go back to the truth. And what is the truth? The truth is found in Scripture. So that's why it's important that you read your Bible. That's why it's important that you find a place where you can go and hear the Word of God being taught in a sound and solid way. Because the truth of Scripture will always anchor your heart and your soul and it will help you to hold on until your emotional moment passes. Because God is always trustworthy. And He is always looking out for your best. And although your best may not come in the most comfortable fun situations and circumstances they will come in what is the best thing for you at that moment and scripture says that my god will supply all of my needs in christ jesus so friends i want to end on this note whatever it is that you are afraid you're worried that god isn't going to handle right in your life or that maybe he isn't he doesn't care. I want to encourage you that he does. And even if it looks dark tonight, God is moving. There is never a time, never a place, and never a situation where God isn't working. And so I want you to hold on, and I want you to cling to hope, because this is going to pass, and you're going to come out on the other side. And if you have held on, and you have been faithful and kept to your faith, in God, not just keeping faith in general, but your faith in God, you're going to have more of a story to fall back on and to be able to go the next time around. I remember when blank was happening, and I chose to trust Jesus, and he did come through. Father God, it's a privilege to uh, share my heart with these people that are listening to the show. I pray that you would bless each one of them pray that you would walk with them this week, that you would be their strength and their shield, and that you would lead anyone that doesn't know you, Father, uh, to you, that you would pull them in close to yourself. I pray that you would be the God that sees these people, these people that are, are nameless and faceless to me. But, Lord, to you, they are so known. Everything about their life, Lord, you identify with. And I pray that you would just be very present in a very real way. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. Friends, have a good rest of your week. And I hope to see you back here next time. Be sure to tell your friends and family about the show. And drop a comment or a review, if you will. I would greatly appreciate that. And I will talk with you soon.